Hey, 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 welcome back to the Amaru podcast. I am so thankful. I am so grateful that you're listening. I'm so thankful for everyone that's shown me support so far. It's been a really scary journey, but I'm so glad to be started. So first episode I opened with insecurities I talked about a time in my life when I felt like a fraud and how that interrupted and interfered with a lot of blessings a lot of opportunities that I had I also opened up about things that I wish I knew back then that I know right now so just like I promised in the last episode I said hey Next episode, I will be talking about how we can deal with imposter syndrome. I'll be sharing some tips and some tricks that have worked with, that have worked really well for me on how to navigate that fear, that insecurity that we are a fraud. So this episode, I would like to talk about two things. So two reasons we might feel like a fraud. And I will not just stop right there. After I share these two reasons with you, I would like to share with you what you can do about it. So if one of these two reasons are the reason why you're feeling like a fraud, I'm so excited to share some tips, some tricks, some ways to deal with how to get past that. (laughs) Yeah, so let's get right into it. Reason number one, you might be feeling like a fraud is that guess what? you actually are a fraud. Now, hold up. I know this might be not the popular opinion. This might be, you know, one of those things you probably have never heard anyone say straight up to you. But you know this podcast, I want to be real, I want to be vulnerable, I want to be honest. So here's some tough love. One of the reasons you might be feeling like a fraud is you actually are a fraud. And you know what? I'm not just here to point fingers. I'd like to tell you a story I would like to tell you about a time in my own life when I was struggling with imposter syndrome, but when I looked back, I realized that it's actually because I was an imposter at that season of my life. So this is about by now, hmm, I'm really terrible with the years, but I would say about seven, is that true though? No, about five, six years ago when I moved back to Kampala. I had started, I had co-founded a media company with my brother, who is an absolute genius, by the way. Check him out. Really, really talented. And together we started this film company with a vision to create high quality um, video content. Now, something that I did not have the reflection and just like the security with myself to face back then was that even though I had been trained in production for dramatic arts, film and television, I actually underwent what was mostly a theoretical training and also using very, very old camera equipment. So I was trained in those like super old film cameras where it's all black and white. Just no, it was a whole thing. So when I moved to Kampala and was starting this company with my brother. Of course, we were not using old school camera equipment. We were using digital camera equipment. Now, my brother, I'm not too sure about the training that he had, but he had, just like me, he had actually even more training than I did. So he studied filmmaking at first in New York and then went on to study 3D animation and special effects in the UK. And he graduated with an honors degree. He, I mean, he, he's the real deal. Now, when we moved back, he and I started this company together. 
And he did not just stop at the skill set that he had and the training and the education that he already brought to the table. He put so much work and energy and effort into improving his craft, watching tutorials, experimenting, checking things out, researching gear, and all of the things that I, quite frankly, did not invest the time in doing. So when we started this company and we started to get opportunities, something I started to realize was that when we had these, you know, when we had these sets and stuff to shoot, I was often freaking out if I had to be in charge of, I don't know, fixing a camera setting. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember moments like that when my brother, you know, for a couple of minutes or whatever, wouldn't be around the camera, I would be freaking out. And when people came by like, oh, cool, you're a filmmaker. And they started to speak all this like filmmakers, <laughs> all this technical lingo. I was always like, um, help somebody because I, I was a fraud. I did not, I did not put the work into understanding this, to understanding this craft, to improving, to bettering. You know, what, what I know now that I wish I knew back then was that, hey, that was not primarily my greatest passion because if it was I would have put the work in but you know so looking back then I I I was a fraud so of course I felt like a fraud of course I was freaking out of course I hoped nobody would discover but I really didn't know entirely what I was doing I had a bunch of theory but not enough practice to back it up so reason number one why you might be feeling like a fraud is you actually might be a fraud now, if this speaks to you, if this is you, if this is something that you resonate with, what I do want to say, though, is that this is actually one of the best reasons to feel like a fraud because it is super, super fixable. It's not stagnant. It's not final. If you are a fraud, if you're not good at the thing that people think you're good at, you can get good at it. This is something that I have come to embrace in more recent times and that is so liberating and so empowering to realize is the second we are able and willing to recognize and be honest with ourselves, be true to ourselves, look in the mirror and notice that, hey, you know what, I actually am nervous about this thing because I totally suck at it. Then we have the opportunity to actually seek support. We can get training, we can get a coach, we can put the hours in, we can read books, we can watch tutorials, we can do all sorts of things. We can find mentorship. The sky is the limit. Once we realize that we want to improve at something, we actually can. We actually have the power to do something about it. So there, friends, there goes one reason why you might be feeling like a fraud and not just the reason, but also a solution that you can totally take up. I hope this is really supportive. I hope that this helps you. I hope this is something that encourages you to get out there put the work in. There's no shortcuts. And when you put the work in, I promise you, it will start to feel a whole lot better and that insecurity will start to subside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's another reason why you might be feeling like a fraud. And this particular reason here is one that I found really, really interesting is that, you know what? So after you've done the training, you've put the work in, you've learned your craft, you are absolutely equipped for the thing you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes this imposter syndrome is a beast. Sometimes it will just not come down. And something I've come to realize is that, so even when we have the skill set, even though we actually who we say we are, sometimes 
We just need to be able to work past that insecurity and do it. So one of the reasons you might be feeling like a fraud is that you don't have experience working in spite of fear. You don't have experience doing the thing even when you feel scared. And I don't know how else to explain this. This is something that I have come to learn in way more recent times and is becoming a huge lifesaver for me is recognizing that there's, in spite of how prepared we are, there's a certain level of confidence and security that only comes from building experience, doing the thing, recording the podcast episodes, shooting the films, writing the books, writing the songs, performing on stage, doing whatever it is that we love to do. There's only a certain level of confidence and security that comes from building experience with ourselves, doing the thing, in spite of the fear. When you start to realize, wait a minute, So I was freaking out last time about this. And you know what? I did it and it actually was not that bad. When we start to build those little experiences and those little, um, yeah, just build that rapport with yourself. Like build, build multiple experiences that you can go back to and draw back on where you're like, actually, you know what? Last time I was afraid. Turns out there was no reason to be afraid. I think that is somewhat even a more powerful tool that we can use for starting to starting to rise past this imposter syndrome and this insecurity and doubt that often gets in the way of us living our dreams and doing the things in our hearts that we know so deeply we are called and destined to be doing. So friends, I really, really hope that this is helping. I'm super curious to hear back from you and hear if any of this resonates here, if there's other tools that you've used to cope with imposter syndrome. Also, maybe there's other reasons why you've experienced imposter syndrome. I would love to hear it. As always, this podcast is just an extension of conversations I already have with with my community over on my Instagram account at Amaru Kung. Now I've linked the, I've linked, you know, I've linked the link to the gram on this account so you can check it out in the podcast description follow me check it out let's 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 talk let me know i want to hear back from you i want to have a conversation with you and if you've listened this far you know as always i would absolutely love it if you rated and reviewed this podcast it's super supportive it you know it helps me it helps me get this out to more eyeballs, other people, other dreamers, lovers, and vision builders on their journey to building the life of their dreams. Hey, as always, with all my heart, until the next one, I'm Arakun.